Do you know what Winnie the Pooh's real name is? Uh, yeah. I forget. Is it Winnie the Pooh? No, it's not. That's what his friends call him. His friends call him Winnie. Uh, it's Edward Bear. Edward Bear. Yeah, I don't like that. How do you How do you know that? What do you mean? How do I know? That? How do you know anything? I don't know. Books. I saw random. I saw random reel on Instagram. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, committed it to memory, as as everyone does in yeah. the year twenty twenty two of our Lord. Welcome to Let's Get Gaming Podcast, episode 58. Today is the 26th of whatever month this is. I don't know. Time doesn't matter. Hey, I'm your host, Patrick Dennehy, but I'm not alone. Never alone. They're always fucking here. Hey, we got Chris Montpetit. I'm always here. He's always here. We got Pasquale Galuzzo. I am halfway through my beer already. All right. Well, thank you. That's the most interesting open you've ever... (laughs) You're welcome. <laughs> I want to see where this progresses. Pasquale, I'm gonna issue you a challenge here. Okay. Okay. How many how many beers do you have direct access to? By the way, uh, since we've mentioned uh, alcohol, we now have to make this you know, dedicate this podcast as adults only. So thank you for that. But that's, uh, that's fine. How many how many do you have access to? I have seven more. Okay. I wow. Oh, that's a lot like more today. than I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode like gonna, this episode's gonna get good. Oh so, boy. Um, no, I'd like to save some of them for later. But I, I, I want you to get through three of them. How about that? Can we do three. Mm, awesome. Maybe. And hey, it's Stefano Fontana. Listen, I don't like BJ videos because there's too much lead up okay, and not enough look, payoff. You can't you, start you, with that. You can't now. Now you forced you forced it into the cold open, and now we've done the unholy the unholy sin of referencing a cold open in the actual episode. Now it's destroying any continuity that we've already established. It's also definitely going to be rated uh, mature podcast now. Yeah, way to go, well, buddy! Almost every <laughs> single one of my opens. It references the cold open. Almost yeah, right. all the time. restart this. Yeah, okay, restart. Okay, hey everybody, no, look, no. Uh, look. This is lots of gaming podcasts. We talk about video game news, reviews, sometimes interviews, sometimes. We're, we're, and and when we do this, we try to stay relevant, you know, because I think that's an important thing in today's society. It's easy to get like lost in the in the weeds, right, and getting nostalgic and doing a retrospective on a system that came out eighty years ago. We don't do that here. <laughs> By the way, stick around. Um, so in the on in honor of keeping things relevant uh last week i bought 438 pogs and <laughs> i i have just been having a blast with them over the last time to be alive <laughs> how much did that cost you i i paid a total of 15 dollars for four binders that each hold 120 pogs in addition to that it's gonna sound great sorry chris i have a big tube of the the metal and plastic slammers uh, that we did get banned from my school because we would just throw them at each other very hard. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Dude, I, I'm I'm kitted up. I got I got the the pog boards, the pog placemats, the carrying cases, the carrying tubes. All I gotta what say I'm, is, I I think Stefano, I I understand you now. What I'm hearing I, is that we have a pog tournament coming up, and I have to go home and get my pogs. Yeah, let's get pogs <laughs> right now, dude. Okay. I mean, not like the let's pog that's banned on Twitch. Yeah, let's get pogs cast. Yo, 
you know <laughs> do you think that there's any uh you know desire for a pog based podcast in the year 2022 <laughs> if, if anyone desires it, it's our it's our fan base that's, that's, probably, that's probably very yeah true <laughs> dude some of the artwork on the pogs they're wild man they're Absolutely. like they're vintage they're did retro the inspired ones? did i get any of the what the simpsons ones i have like one simpsons one. actually that's not true i have i have a mill house i do have a mill house. the best they're he's so back good. in pog form um and then i also have like a side character who i have no idea who it is he's like probably from like season one or two it's like a weird little i don't know he's just a dude i, I don't know send me a picture but i want to see <laughs> no, it no. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you my pogs if you show me yours yeah I'm I'm gonna, gonna, I'll have to go week, find though. mine, dude. I love I never had Pogs. See, I've, but this is the thing that I don't understand because I'm like weirdly nostalgic for Pogs. They released in 1994. I wasn't like conscious. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like exist through the Pog phenomena as it swept through North America, right? But for some reason, seeing these weird little bits of plastic, it makes me feel good inside, you know. And my brothers were from a better time. I guess so. Yeah. My brothers were, and so I like live vicariously through them. That's how most of my nostalgia for the '90s comes from is from living with them. Yeah, I essentially like feel cross contaminated as like a real '90s kid, even though I was born in '94. So it doesn't really count. Yeah, yeah, no. Me and you, me and you are like in similar spirits because I, I mean, let's be honest, children, we don't gain consciousness until we're at least like ten, right? Like I have no idea what happened that first decade. It did, you could have, I could have been like shipped off to Cambodia or some shit. Like, I don't know. It would not have affected me at all. So really, like, I just, I was around in the, in the, in the early 2000s where we had hit clips. Remember fucking hit clips? Those Got little baby up. portable record boom boxes you put in like a, a CD of like sync, and it would play a five second clip from one of their songs. You, and that was $30. You essentially put in the uh, Nintendo DS cartridge yeah and that's what they look like it was a wild time yeah and you clip them to like the to the clip player yeah you would you, would, you would hit them to the clip player and then that's how right. they made the name I, I i've decided that i've given up on the future um i'm gonna regress back to a fetal state and just uh, surround <laughs> myself in in early to late 90s nostalgia that's what i'm gonna that's do, I do. Now. Mm-hmm. I, honestly i understand you now anyway what have You're you guys welcome. been playing this week? <laughs> I've been playing Pogs. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny actually though. You know, we're we're on this nostalgia kick right now. Uh, a game that I played through, got the platinum. You know, not to brag or anything. It's not really that. It's not an accomplishment. I played uh, Unpacking, which is oh, great nice. because last week I was talking about how I was unpacking a lot of shit. So I figured, oh, you know what'll be a good time to, uh, you know, it'll be a good game to play. Let's play Unpacking. We've got real life experience. So for those of you who might not know, Unpacking is a, a beautiful pixel art indie game where you unpack your your shit. Not like in like a not like in a mental kind of way, but like in a like you've moved into your first bedroom, so you get to unpack your stuff. You moved into college, moved into like you know your own little apartment, and you unpack stuff, and and. Uh, Really, everything just comes down to like, okay, you open a box, you, you click on the box, you get an item. It's like, oh, this is a, it's a book. Where are you going to put the book? You put it on the bookshelf, and then you keep going and you keep going. But what the game does really well is it, it tells the story of this person's life as they grow from childhood to adulthood through their stuff. So like the first level is you're a kid, 
and you're just unpacking toys, right? And you have like a big bookcase and like the most important thing is like, okay, where am I going to put all my action figures, right? So like, it's very simple. But then as, you know, you get a little bit older, you could follow like what they're doing in their life. And there's no words, right? There's, there's no storytelling. It's all environmental storytelling. But it does like a really cool thing where after uh, college, you get your degree and you're very happy to have your degree. And it's always something that is in every room you go into. You always find a nice place for it up on the wall. And then eventually you get to a level where I guess you're moving in with like a, a boyfriend or partner or whatever it is. And they purposely make it so that there is nowhere for you to put this degree. So the only thing you could do is you have to either put it in the closet or put it under the bed. And for you some reason, I, I, for some reason, when I, that was the last thing I had it on the bed. I'm like, okay, maybe I can move some of his stuff around that bastard. But no, <laughs> I, everything was just like stapled into the wall. Couldn't be moved. And I'm like, oh, dude, I have to like put away her dreams. <laughs> and, oh, shit. and it got like weirdly emotional. It's like, I felt bad, dude. Uh, but it's uh it's it's a great little game the sound design is really good like they've recorded different like if you were to take a cup and put it down like on wood you'd hear like a nice little you know but yeah the you gas put on like tile really yeah it's it's cra- it's so good um it's a fun little game you know if you if you if you're somebody who wants like a cozy game you know like a, a curl up play some animal crossing type game you get unpacking that's it. Apparently, I have to play it based on what you just described to me. Yeah, I feel like that's a Steph game. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, it, it does a lot of cool things. Like it, it does a lot of cute little things that you wouldn't notice. And then, like, you, I think like the most fun moment, like the most MLG pro. I'm sorry if I, if I could just get the testosterone going a little bit more in this uh, unpacking review. I think some of the most MLG moments in the game. It's very relatable to everybody. Is that you're in the bedroom, you're unpacking, then all of a sudden, what's this? You get a bathroom towel. Look. I'm not going to lie. Every once in a while when you're in one room and then you get an appliance for like the kitchen, you're like, ah, fuck, I already unpacked the kitchen. Every like there's no room. What am I going to do? I have to fit a whole toaster oven there. It it really does. It raises the stakes. So in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. There is a trophy for that. There's a trophy. There's a trophy for putting a toaster in the bathroom, in the bathtub. I did it as a joke, but I was rewarded for it. So. So I'm very happy for that. Yeah, it's a, uh, unpacking. It's a fun game. Um, never really played a game like that. Good experience. I recommend it. It is a little bit pricey. Uh, maybe, I don't know. It is a game that can be beaten in a sitting if you want to go through it, right? But uh, it's it's a fun game. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, did you experience the game crashing bug? I didn't experience any bugs. No, I had a, I had a very pleasant experience with it. Yeah, there's a there's a few people that experience. There's a on the last level. There's a game crashing bug that prevents you from beating the game. Really? No. And it happens on all the systems, and it only happens to some people. Is it like putting something on a certain thing, or is it just like a random? Might just happen? the level. The level just crashes. No, I didn't have any. I I I haven't really had any issues with it. No, I didn't even hear about this. Um. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Anyway, well, <laughs> thanks for it's a good way to end it, I guess. So, uh, what have you guys been playing? Um, I finished Life is Strange Wavelengths. Hmm. Let me tell you guys, play it. <laughs> um, walk us, walk us through, sell it to us. So, you've all, played, you've all played Life is Strange before the storm, right? 
Hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know how Steph is from Life is Strange Before the Storm? No. I forget. <laughs> she is. She plays D&D in Life is Strange Before the Storm, and you play with her as Chloe. Um, and this guy, Mikey. And, uh, and so Steph at some point leaves and moves to Portland from the where I can't remember what state they're in Life is Strange. Wow. Oregon? No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a city in, in Washington. I just can't remember the name oh. of the city, but anyway um and uh, and then she leaves so she leaves and she's spared or not spared or, or nothing happens depending your decisions life is strange one oh. um and so there's a lot of references they ask you at the beginning of the of the game what decision you made and that changes oh. a lot oh. of the dialogue in <laughs> in uh in the game and, and the premise of the, of the character so I'm going to leave it there because <laughs> I urge you all to play it so we can talk about it thoroughly. But I'm just telling you right now, I've never been more conflicted in my choices in my entire life. <laughs> uh, you're seeing the consequence of, well, your, of your actions. <laughs> ah, the consequences of my actions come to get me. <laughs> okay. I feel um, so. I, 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 I like these kind of games where it's like you get to choose and make choices. But I think for me, a lot of the choices are like, you know, it's just one or the other. There's never really like, it, it's always like you're either like the pushover or the asshole. And for mm. whatever reason, games that have tried this approach, for me anyway, it just feels like, okay, I'm just going to play this one, one flavor of story and then the other flavor of story because I need to get all the trophies. Um, do you think that this game, because I feel like Life is Strange True Colors has it did a really good job of actually making it feel like your choices mattered more so than you know Guardians Good of the guy, Galaxy bad guy. where it, yeah or even Guardians of the Galaxy where it is like just like a that story is going to play out no matter what there's going to be a couple changes here and there but you're you're getting to the same point regardless um do you think this addresses that and gives you an actual freedom of choice or is it still on rails there's not very many choices you don't really make many choices in this game that affect anything because it's a prequel so you're just kind of like living through the first few or the first year of Steph moving to the city before she meets um, Alex. Mm, okay. Um, so it, I wouldn't say that there's no like what it does do though, is it does the last of us thing where it like shows you like, it shows you the consequences of your actions. Um, but it's worse because in last of us, you didn't get a choice. <laughs> Yeah. This time you did. So yeah. this was you. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault. Yeah, exactly. And uh and I yeah. And you know how vehemently I was set on my choice. Literally last week we talked oh, about yeah. this. And I was like, yeah. don't care. Yeah, you rarely break out the word vehemently. <laughs> yeah. And uh let me tell you. I, I'm not even gonna say it, just play the game. Alright. Definitely, definite recommendation from Stephanie. Yeah, it's like 10 bucks. It's worth it. Like I yeah. said, you get to swipe lesbian Tinder and play D&D and like, <laughs> dude, it's worth $10. That's, that's what I do every weekend anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you kidding? We don't play D&D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't, that's true. I, I don't do D&D. No. Uh, Pasquale, how about you? Uh, well, I was away this weekend, so I didn't really get to play much this time. Uh, I played a little bit more of... Uh, the Ghost of Tsushima Legends just did like an extra mission or two. It's fun. It's more or less the same. It does ramp up in difficulty though because uh, they start asking like they're like now you gotta kill this specific person but you gotta get this 
charm or whatever before you can kill them and each one is associated to like the specific charm and it's like a kind of a pain in the ass playing it alone especially because you come into contact with three different ones all with three different charms and you're like okay kill you run away get the other charm come back kill them again it's, it's a pain but it's fun right yeah right. i think you need to drop it and play life is strange i will yeah do you have do you have any plans on uh <laughs> playing a game I, yeah, I guess it's a different it, game. Not to put you on the spot or anything, but uh, I know you have a lot of work to do catching up with like every single Lord of the Rings movie which you haven't watched. <laughs> um, I'm assuming I'm assuming anything that came out after 1990. When were you born? 91. Yeah, so anytime after 91, I think that's when you need to start working. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? Like what what are you what are you going to play next? What what's on your watch list specifically? I'm thinking uh, like Steph said, life is strange, mm. or I'll go for uh, Horizon. Mm, okay. Forbidden West. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Recommendation? Yeah. Not just because I want to hear what you have to say about it. I think you need to get a palate cleanser in before playing another open world game. Yeah, that's like a good idea. Know. Yeah, that's just so life is strange. Yeah. Yeah, if you were to yeah. go from Ghost of Tsushima to, to Horizon, that's um, that's going to be a bit of work. Right. Do you guys, not not to I mean slightly off topic. Do you hear that they announced they're gonna be doing a horizon TV show? Yeah, a little bit. I did see that. Show too. Yeah. I I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like so the article showed a picture of Ygritte from Game of Thrones. I'm like, mm. God, it's not it just looks just like her, but I mean it's not her. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean how old is the uh, Aloy in the game? She's like eighteen or something? She's yeah. a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Egret's a little past that. I mean, I would argue that she doesn't look like a teenager. I mean, like she looks like an adult. I'll be honest with you. That's true. I'm excited for this TV show. I think it's a Netflix exclusive where it's coming to one of the streaming services at some point. I don't want it to be about Aloy. Yeah, so Horizon gets Mm. uh, to Netflix. Um, Amazon Prime is getting a God of War series. Yes. And uh, there is a... um, Gran Turismo, Forza, isn't uh, it? Is it? Yeah, Gran Turismo, yeah. Uh, is, but I don't know who that's going to go to. What is that going to be about? No, it's like, going to have to be something about racing. Is it just a Fast and Furious? Dude, I forget that there's like 27 Fast and Furious <laughs> movies, and those are about nothing, right? Like, wait, wait, what is it? Now they're Fast just going to call it Gran Turismo. It might be, um, just like, it could be a documentary. Can I be honest with you? I don't care about really? Gran Turismo. I'll, 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 look, I'll, I'll throw myself out there. Not interested in Gran Turismo. If you were to make yeah. a Mario Kart TV show, I'd, I wouldn't watch that either. But I'd mean, like, be someone more interested in, than Gran Turismo. That's going to be mean, the spinoff it, of the Mario oh, movie. Yeah, was it going to be like uh, Wacky Races? Uh, Hanna Barbera's Wacky Races. Okay, no, like... hold on. You just awoke in the memory there. Wait, that's... <laughs> I, I think I'm, I think I'm back on board with Grant Turismo. <laughs> as, as long as Dick Dastardly is somehow involved in that series. <laughs> yeah. Get um, Blue Falcon and uh... there we go. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, the only show I'm actually excited about is is Alan Wake because they're practically mm. make TV shows already. Yeah. Yeah, I played enough. Quantum Break, I, and that was like a pretty good show. Yeah, <laughs> it was a better show than it was a game. Chris, what have uh, what have you been playing? Uh, speaking of a remedy property, I I just uh, platinumed uh, Control. Hey, nice. GG. nice. 
Yeah, I'm working on the uh, DLC right now, and one of them is an Alan Wake uh, DLC, so that's really cool. Nice. Nice. So what you yeah, think? Fun game. Uh, it's a really interesting game. Like, like I said previously, like it's got a lot of Twin Peak um, esque vibes to it, and it's really cool that they've linked it to the uh, Alan Wake universe. You played Alan Wake, right? Yeah, I played Alan Wake. How much do you remember of that game? A uh, fair amount. I like. I remember bits and pieces. I need to go back and revisit it, especially after watching Twin Peaks. Uh, mm-hmm so many times that like now i understand the references but do you remember that uh that like uh enemy like battle scene where you play the song on the radio and then you have to fight them for the the playthrough of the song one of my favorite scenes in video games it was just so much fun yeah they kind of did something similar in uh control they got two instances of it um there's a level where you have to go through like a maze and the only way to get through the maze is to put on um, a headset, which is blasting um, a song called control. (laughs) 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 That was, that was cool. And then there's a, there's a mission in the DLC where it's basically like you're in like a Tron kind of uh, environment where it's, it's blasting like a song and it's kind Mm -hmm. of like a, in a movie esque like cinema cinema like esque uh chase scene those games are so much fun they they really understand gameplay loops mm-hmm. like they really know how to hook you yeah it's a I fun got, game i've been workshopping a game concept let me i don't okay. i want to get your opinion on this all right so all right. traditional zombie horror game right okay mm-hmm. the the secret though is that you need to be so incredibly drunk that the zombies think you're one of them. So it's a game about maintaining a certain level of inebriation where you're allowed to walk through the streets undetected while trying to get as much alcohol as possible. Interesting. So it's like a, a combination of At the World's End yeah. plus uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. And then if we want to go for the trifecta there, you could be like police cops or something. I don't know. An ex-police officer who lost Mm. his job for being an alcoholic wakes up, up, finds himself trapped in in a bar Mm. after passing out drunk, and the whole world has gone to shit overnight. Um, He stumbles out of the bar drunk and finds himself in the zombie apocalypse. Yo, I love it. The one thing that destroyed his career is the only thing that could keep him alive. Wow! When when your life is destroyed by alcoholism, what do you do? You double down. You don't be a quitter. You don't forget to double tap. Speaking of which, uh, Pasquale, you you still drinking over there? Come on, I'm still still drinking the one. Keep going, buddy. This this is it. We we got racially diverse news to talk about. Okay, we're gonna need you nice (laughs) and inebriated to get through. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh. You have no idea how, how spicy this one's going to get. Let's get into it. Boom Stinger, boys. Boom Stinger. All right. So this is, uh, I, I want to preface this because, look, we're, we're three presumably straight white dudes. I say three because Stefano just got up. He's gone. But we're four... <laughs> presumably straight white dudes here 
Okay, so I, I understand that we're coming from a certain standpoint here when it comes to our opinions and everything. However, I still feel like this is something that that we can have a conversation about. <laughs> so that's that's the grain of salt that you need to take before we get into this. Uh, Activision Blizzard are good friends. We've talked a lot about them on the show, and we're we're not done. Activision Blizzard to roll out a tool that will rate characters on diversity. The mm-hmm. diversity space tool, as they're calling it, will rate characters on metrics such as ethnicity, 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 gender, identity, and culture. Um, you know, on paper, already it's a little bit spicy. But uh, let's get into it a little bit more, and then we'll just see how freaking spicy this son of a bitch really is. So recently, Activision Blizzard has come under some fire over its announcement that it will use a new tool uh, to help rate the diversity of its characters in certain video games. This tool is aptly named the Diversity Space Tool. We'll rate characters in games, uh, so we're going to use Overwatch as an example. And it uses uh, metrics such as, so we got age, we got physical ability, we, we got cognitive ability, beauty, body type, gender identity, sexual orientation, culture, socioeconomic backgrounds, and race. Giving each one, and this is where things get like a little weird for me, yeah. giving each one a rating from 0 to 10. So... I mean, like, immediately, how, how is this working, right? Because, like, first of all, I mean, there's a lot to go in here, but age. How are you ranking age from 0 to 10? You know, how are you ranking race from 0 to 10? I mean, we should say, and we'll just get this out of the way right now, the baseline is a straight white male. So if, you, if your character is a straight white male, that's a 0. There's no spice there. is <laughs> not diverse at all. You got to pump up those numbers, the rookie numbers. Okay. So how do we do that? Okay. Well, you know, and again, like, it's, I think this, the immediate issue I have with this is that if you're trying to include diversity, I feel like this is one of the worst ways you could. So this is, is not weird. This is Allegedly. absolutely the worst fucking thing I've ever this seen. This is more offensive than doing it any other way. So allegedly, <laughs> the the devs on the Overwatch team have said this is bullshit. They do not use this. They have eyes, and that's how they make their characters diverse. Yeah, you think that would be the way to do it, right? Or if you want to make yeah. diverse games, why don't you hire a diverse staff? You know, I mean that that could be one way of doing it. Uh, yeah, I think like I don't. You can score a game based on diversity, but I don't think you should score individual characters. Like, you'd be like, so, so, so is your whole thing, game right? white? <laughs> no, uh, okay, cool. Do we have the ranking of everyone on Overwatch's uh, scores? Why well, we don't have everyone, but we do have Anna, for example. Uh, so for culture and race, she's given a seven, and that's because she's Egyptian and Arabic, right? So that's a seven. Yep. Apparently, I don't know how they work that out, but that's a seven. Uh, she's I also given a seven for her age and a four yep. for her physical ability uh, because she's sixty, which I didn't know she was sixty, and she has yep. one eye. So you get a seven and a four. If you lose an, apparently losing an eye is worth four points. Keep that in mind. That'll we'll have a test later. Um, what else do we got here? For everything else, she's given either a zero or a one. Uh, as you might expect, developers don't like this tool. I like. Okay, I'm try. I'm gonna try to put into words what I don't like about this. Um, I think it comes down to the fact that if you're trying, what am I trying to say? I I I don't think. I think this is just a bad idea. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're giving a point value on a on a scale basis for things that make people unique, then you're also taking away any form of diversity because you're basically just playing a numbers game. Yeah. You know, like it's it's you're you're not making diverse characters or telling a diverse story because you want to or it fits the story or the world that's been made there. You're just like, ah, we we don't have anybody with a socioeconomic rating of an eight. We gotta we gotta work that in somehow, right? Like <laughs> it's just a poor guy in there. Yeah, I just I just think this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen so in just, my life. I just want to point out that there are zero Canadian Overwatch characters, so yeah. like they can shove it. I, I even know they. I th I'm pretty sure Sojourn, the new character, is supposed to be Canadian, but like that they just shoot that one in. So any world where you're taking people's different d diverse like backgrounds and comparing them against each other for once more valuable or the other is like a really like ugly ghoulish thing to be doing. So maybe we shouldn't be comparing like people's problems. <laughs> Or or their or their races against each other. Like, what's a ten race? Well, see, that's what I want to know, right? Because like, if they are scoring thing on a zero to ten, what's like, what's a perfect score? Uh, animal. Well, hold on. It can't just be. It has to be a It has to be a disabled animal. So we got to put it in a chair, right? It's injured, yeah. Injured transsexual pansexual animals. In Overwatch, there is burrow. There's a hamster named Hammond, so he his he's in like a walking uh giant robot, so like he's using the assist of a walking thing. So I'm guessing he's ranked at ten because he is an animal. Plus, uh, well maybe not maybe not at ten because he is male by birth. So fucked up. I wonder like I'll give you the ten character. You ready? Yeah. It's not offensive, I promise. I'm making fun of the, the grading system. I'm not making fun of anybody. It's going to be a trans woman, hmm. and they're going they're going to be a black Hispanic person who's Muslim, okay, quadriplegic, blind. <laughs> Jesus Christ! In a robot suit. I'm really okay. glad. I'm really glad I, I put this episode as adults only. Yeah. <laughs> what, are the other, what are the other qualifications? Uh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, I thought you were giving us an existing character for no. a body <laughs> type. Like right? Body type, ability, culture, ability, age, ability, body type, gender identity, and sexual orientation are the the seven pillars for the, the diversity space method. They they were on the world's biggest loser, and they didn't lose the weight. That's how big mm. they are. Oh Jesus! And. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the 10. 10 out of 10. I, I mean, like, look, so they use this model for on a couple of characters that I think we all could relate to and, and you know, have a little bit of a history with. Um, they use this model on the Mario characters, you know, <laughs> Mario characters for Mario. And I got to say, it's probably some of the weirdest PR shit I've ever seen in my life. So, for example... Uh, none, and, and I, I should specify the, the characters that they use this on were Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, and Toadette. Those were okay. the five that they focused on. Um, so for example, since none of those characters are disabled, um, they got a Z, they lost a lot of points in the ability category. Uh, sexual orientation. This was another pretty bad opportunity for Mario and diversity. Um, 
They they presumed that they were all straight, which Mario and Luigi, sure, but Toad, no fucking way. <laughs> like let's <laughs> let's just let's just be honest here. Have you seen that vest? Come on. Oh come on, dude. He's I don't know what he is, he's, but he's, he's very he's ambiguous. There, yeah. Oh yeah, he's gender queer um, for sure. Now the good news is that Mario and Luigi regained points for culture because they're both Italian. Um, sure. But they said they could have done better because Italian is 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 not too spicy, you know. Still white. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that. Uh, right. As for body types, they actually did get a decent amount of points in body types because you know the the quote is is they're kind of round and not that muscular. <laughs> and you know what? That's fair, fair enough. Um, I just I mean, hey whoa 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 wait whoa is that is that <laughs> well, hold on whoa um, I just this is just I just this is just a weird fucking thing dude see the point like Steph was making earlier is like it should be set as like a whole game not a specific character because diversity means there's different well things right so like I, if they're all aiming for ten then it's all going to be the same thing on that side but see I I, I kind of disagree with that. I don't think it should be a whole game. I, I think diversity is built character by character. But I also think if your goal is to is to use an algorithm to create the perfectly diverse character, then you're not making a diverse character. You're making a number generator, right? No, and yeah. also, what, how do you define diverse? Are you talking about like so like we're, we're, so like the, opinion, the official opinion. definition of diverse according to this? Um, I don't know what to call it. Logic that they're using is anything past straight white male. That what that about, is that's their baseline. That is a zero across the board. An able body, muscular built, straight white man, middle class. That's that's ground zero. What about the f- diversity of thought and opinion? Does no one give a fuck about like what people think or say Nobody or do? Gives, no, the only no. <laughs> okay, let's just be honest. The only diversity anyone ever cares about in media is what you physically look like and who you're attracted stupid. to. That's so it. Nobody stupid. gives a shit about anything else. Okay, true, but. But here's also the thing, like, this is Activision Blizzard. I know they're going through changes. I know they've had a little bit of a hard time. But do you think the the average person working at Activision Blizzard will know how to properly represent these diverse characters that they're that they're creating here? Like, I think that's where the problem is more like, yeah, you could have like a 60-year-old Egyptian woman with one eye running around, but she's still <laughs> gonna be written by a white dude. So like, who cares? <clears throat> like it's it's like the Cleveland show all over again. <laughs> it's it's just it's not like if if you want diversity in characters you need to have diversity in workforce and you need to have yeah. those people that are actually able to bring those characters and those stories to to the table like mm-hmm. it's yeah like sure you could you could just change the skin of one of your character models and be like look at how diverse we are it's like yeah but they're all voiced by white dudes like it doesn't matter yeah, and if you have diversity of workforce, you're going to have diversity of characters because they're going to write things they can relate to and understand. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I agree. agree as well, right? And design them like that too, because if you have the modelers doing that are diverse, they're going to make yeah, stuff that's more along their lines. Like, you see all that ridiculous shit where people, black people, talk about on. Uh, it, I'm not. By the way, the, what they're saying isn't ridiculous. What they're pointing out is ridiculous. Just to be clear, they're pointing out all like the the black hairstyles in video games, is like dreadlocks, fro, or cornrows, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Like Nothing no other else. black texture. <laughs> it's like have you only met like four black people in your life. Like, <laughs> like why I, does I, everyone have dreadlocks? <laughs> you know, and I don't know, man. I I already said when we started this segment that we are you know four presumably presumably straight white guys, so our opinion should be taken with such a grain of salt. But and and maybe I'm way off base here, but I think diversity is done 
well when you don't notice it at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a, a game that did diversity incredibly well, in my personal opinion, is Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Yeah. There is like one white dude in that game. And I didn't even notice. Like, it's such a rich, diver- like everyone you meet is a diverse character. I guess it's natural. It, yeah, it's a natural world because people are different in the world. I know it's a yeah. crazy concept, but it's not <laughs> like it. But it, it's not like the tribes are like one specific race, right? No, it's it's a blend of everyone, different orientations, different opinions, different skin color, just different people living in the same world and just existing. And they don't force it down your throat. They don't draw any attention to it. That's just how the game is. And I feel like if you start doing shit like this, where it's like, oh, we, we need more Egyptian women in the game. Like, it just it doesn't make sense to me. I think Life is Strange, True Colors did it well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have a small town with people that live in that small town. You know, and yeah. that's it. And I, I don't know, man. I know we're all coming from like kind of a I think we're all coming from the same place when we think about stuff like this. Like I'm I and, and it's weird, too. And I'm willing to put myself out here and get yelled at. But like, I, I don't care if the game I'm playing doesn't feature a white dude as the main character. I prefer it didn't actually. But but at the same time, I don't care if it does. You know what I mean? And I understand that as a white dude, like I look like 90% of the video game characters that you probably play as anyway. I'm a, I'm a bald white dude. That's like all of them. But like, like if I'm playing as someone who's not a white dude, I don't care if I'm playing as a white dude. I also don't care, but I also understand that, you know, representation is important and I have it in spades. Um, Yeah. I think, I think what what was key to your point is that you don't care if they aren't white. And so you're like, okay, make them not white. Then if it makes, if it makes somebody who, isn't white get to feel seen and heard mm. awesome because i don't give a fuck if i'm playing as a white dude i will play as a an asian native american mixed lesbian i don't care fucking whatever dude <laughs> yeah, like make the character me right that's true yeah well i mean see, but that's another issue too right like i i, I don't know man this that is one's like weird for me. that one's hard for me it, it's a hard one, right? Where you have like well, a diverse character, but then also it's like, oh, but it's played by a white dude, right? Which goes back to what we were talking about before, where it's like, okay, well, uh, this one hits like a 10 out of 10 for culture, but it's just going to be voiced by a white dude anyway. So like, you know. Yeah, I, I, feel, I find that one really hard because like, it's all, to me, it's all about the their performance. But I, in particular with like mm. the voice acting industry, though, I do find there's like a little bit of a, a lot, lot of white dudes in there. Yeah. Dude. Just a lot of just a lot of like cliques, right? Like the same six people get all the roles. Like, yeah. Do I think do I think that Laura Bailey did a really good job of playing Nadine mm. in Uncharted Four? Sure. Right. She's also yeah. not a South African black woman. Yeah. yeah. So maybe could, could we probably have found a black woman who could done have done a South African accent? Yeah, I'm sure we could have. I'm sure they could have. Yeah. So so like, well, I do think she did a good job, and I don't care that she wasn't played by a by a black person. But there are a lot of people that did care. That do care. And, and, you know, still to this day are upset about that, right? And where I land on, again, and like you said, Patrick, this is coming from a, you know, a straight white dude. Um, Presumably, yeah. Presum- well, I can speak for myself at the very least. I, I don't, I don't think it's fair to assume, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, I, I think what's important is that in video games, because it's 
animated and you're writing, you're drawing the character and writing it, that what's more important is that it's written by someone who can understand the character rather than voiced by someone. Because to me, what's yeah, more because... important is that the character, the story, and the art of it represents the character because that's how they can, people connect to it. Um, but again, that's coming from a person who has lots of straight white dudes who play characters. So, like, it's hard for me. I don't, you know, I can, that's just my opinion, but like, I could be totally off base and I'm cool with that too. Plus, but. I feel like this could be just maybe me thinking this, but I feel like the general public doesn't really always know who is voicing certain characters. So, they might not know if it's voiced by a black or white person, just like d- depending on the, what character it is. Yeah, but, I would say you're right. About yeah. Probably 80% of people that played Uncharted 4 had no idea Laura Bailey. Who like, she's I didn't know that until you just said that, to be honest. That she's a white person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at, like, even on different mediums, do you guys ever watch uh, Samurai Jack? Oh, yeah. Samurai awesome. Jack is voiced by uh, a black man. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's awesome. He's, he's <laughs> the same voice as... Uh, um, the Green Lantern uh, on the Justice League. Oh, John um, Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah, that's awesome. I fucking love John Stewart. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I think I kind of agree with you. Like when it comes to talent, um, if if you can do like a, a role, but like it has to be well written. I think that that does work into a degree as long as you're not making it like a caricature. Yeah, of, of, a, yeah. of something. Yeah, I, I think like in earnest, like if if you had like a deep grumbly voice, like uh, you could play like most any kind of like man character as long as you're not doing any kind of like racial stereotype, like mm, yeah. to your voice. And, like, and that comes down to the writing and the and the employees on the on the set. Like they can tell you like, yeah, well, that's not right. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. But like, I mean, like, look, uh, we'll go for an example in in a medium. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. You had Mickey Rooney playing an <laughs> an old Asian man. Yeah, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I've never yeah, seen that like, movie, and I had no idea that that was true. Yeah, so that's a Breakfast <laughs> at Tiffany's. Uh, there is a scene where uh, Mickey Rooney comes out like in, I guess you would call it yellow face. Um, oh my god! He's got like the fake teeth. He's got like the uh, the rice field hat and everything, and the the oh Fu Manchu, god. and does See, like a stereotypical like making fun of an Asian man like uh, tone to his voice. Oh my god! Playing, I would hazard a guess that that movie was not directed by an Asian director. That movie uh, was made in 1950. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a Hughes movie, isn't it? I, I, no, it's old. That's, that's Audrey Hepburn. Isn't it from like no, the 80s older. or something? Older? Mm. I mean, to bring, it, to bring it back to this horrible thing for a second, um, I, I think the, <laughs> the biggest issue I have with this is that when you, when you gamify diversity, right, and rank things on, on different scales, um, you're really like enforcing the idea that diverse characters are not the norm, you know, like really there's, you know, is there Mm -hmm. a difference between a white dude and like an Egyptian woman? They're both people. It's the same thing. Like I, 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 I just feel like this is just a step back. And I also feel like this was just, this whole thing was just made by like a, a, a CEO who was like, you know what? We should do diversity in gaming. How do we do that? 
Uh, just build a fucking algorithm and we'll, we'll... yeah it's definitely made by like a coder <laughs> like let's just roll the dice that's yeah. rng has some diversity i'd love to, i kind of want to just see this thing applied to like every video game created before the ever 80s, you know <laughs> all or zero like, you know well mario's yep. getting raked over the cold it's like well i mean they were made in like the 80s by a japanese company what are you expecting dude you know like come on it, there's there's certain that should get him some points yeah it's a japanese company <laughs> making a game about an italian man are you kidding that should be a 10 out of 10 right there dude yeah I don't know. Talk about not knowing anything about the culture you're writing about. <laughs> what do you mean? You tell me Italians don't spend all their time jumping on turtles, and I, that's about it. They jump on turtles. I never said yeah. that. We do. That Spally, can you uh, can you confirm? Do Italian men jump on turtles? Cannot confirm. Cannot confirm. Okay. Well, we'll come Cannot. back to you uh, next not week for either. a follow up report. Yeah. Okay. What about what about a uh, vagrant? mushroom abuse that's possible yeah, that's, 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 that's happening yeah okay yeah good all right good you guys have uh, <laughs> as long as that's still going you guys have any uh closing thoughts about activision blizzard's diversity tool stop being yucky they're just digging their own grave continuously i feel like they need to apply this diversion tool into maybe hiring people <laughs> yeah i would solve i think all of their issues yeah how much money do you think they spent on this? Oh, millions. Yeah, hire <laughs> yeah, like a hundred new, new new employees. I, I can't this. believe that Microsoft endorses this stuff. Like that's what's really getting to me. You know, like they, they mm. Microsoft technically owns this tech right now. Not know? yet. That's true. Yeah, they, yeah, got yet. they got time. Anyway, I think the best thing to come out of this whole thing is that Mario uh, Activision Blizzard accuses Mario of being presumably straight. That's just like, I mean, like, you know, I mean, horribleness like aside, this is amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, we got to, we, so we're going to be doing, uh, I mean, if you haven't noticed, really the theme of the last couple episodes have been nostalgia and how we just want to go back to childhood. So we thought that we would start a, uh, you know, a segment. It might not be every episode or, you know, it might be during slow weeks, but we want to do a retrospective on the various systems that we all grew up with, except with Wally, probably, um, that we all grew up with and talk about how, you know, it affected us a little bit of the history. And we thought, you know, the best one to start with is the NES, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. The crown jewel of Nintendo, baby. The one that started it all. But not the first gaming console. But we're not going to talk about those because, like, honestly, who fucking cares? Okay, hey. <laughs> welcome to the Let's Get Gaming podcast NES retrospective. Insert custom stinger here, boys. That's okay. I'm just kidding, Chris. You don't have to do that. But I am expecting it now. All right, so uh, Chris, I, I got to give credit where credit's due. Chris did a lot of heavy lifting for this next segment. Um, because of that, I only think it's fair that I hand the reins over to Chris uh, for this opening part. Sure. He's going to lead the groundwork for us, and then we're, we're going to talk about the NES, boys. Sure. In 1983, there was a boom known as the video game industry. And in that year, it came to a crashing halt. <laughs> Uh, all over the news, they declared that the fad was now over and video games were just going to be out the window. Boy, were they wrong. Mm. You know, like a phoenix rising from the ashes 
it just was reborn. It didn't just dis- disintegrate. It came back and with a vengeance. It would now grow into the multi-billion dollar industry that we all know and love today. Across the world, in a little country known as Japan, a beautiful creation would soon sweep the nation and soon the world. <laughs> you know, a small little company known for making card games, some toys, decided that they would take their first stab in the video game console market. A little company we know today as Nintendo. Sony. Oh, shit. Okay. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I gotta, uh, I'm looking at the wrong notes, dude. So. In Japan, the first Nintendo system as we know it was called the Famicom, or the Family Computer, and it would go on to sell 2.5 million units in its first year on the market. Jesus Christ. Now, Nintendo would then realize they were onto something really big here, and then they would have to expand that, moving their product across the world, and they would just didn't know where to start. Now, something interesting uh, with the Famicom is that in its first year of production, there actually was a fault in the Famicom, mm-hmm. and they actually had to recall a bunch of units and then reimburse people and re-push out these units to, to get them out. So I think it's, that it's actually, crazy. No, sir, go ahead. I was going to say that that ended up costing Nintendo like a lot of money, but it actually helped them out in a favor because it made them good in the eye of the public and actually helped them out in the long run. I mean, it's crazy to think like the 80s. I mean, sure, it was a while ago. It wasn't that long ago. It's 40 Um, years. Really, it's like the, you know, the beginning of the video game revolution. Um, but I think like it's important, especially when you talk about the NES, like you need to look at what came before it. There was like a crash in video games across the board, right? The the mm-hmm. the arcade craze has blown up to like peak popularity. Everybody wanted to get into the game space and they were making shit games. They were making yep. games that like E.T. got a goddamn game and it was a nightmare. <laughs> they had to bury it in the desert. Yeah, like that um, game. Um, that game was built in a two or three week span by one person. It was like and one like dude it in was, a warehouse who would yeah, not they, have passed a diversity check. By the way, <laughs> he uh, he actually got pushed to make this game uh, for the holiday season, and like it was just thrown all together. Yeah, there's actually a quote from uh, Nintendo's um, then president uh, Hiroshi uh, Yamamuchi. Um, I think I said that right. Um, in 1986, he said Atari collapsed because they gave too much freedom to a third party developer or third party developers. Yeah. And the the market was swamped with just rubbish games. Yeah. So like the problem was, is like anyone could make a game and put it on an Atari console. And that's what happened. And, And nowadays we call that shovelware. Well, I, I honestly, like, if we're talking about the NES, one of the best things Nintendo did, and, like, it's kind of made fun of today, but, like, the Nintendo seal of quality was, I, I think that came out in, like, 1988, so a couple of years after the release of the NES. But the Nintendo yeah. seal of quality was, like, specifically designed so that what happened in the past never happened again, where, like, games had to be approved to be put onto the Nintendo systems. And developers were only allowed to publish a couple of games at a time. That's something that yeah. just wouldn't fly right now. If, that, if, yeah. if Nintendo were to go to Activision and be like, hey, you get three games. 
Like that shit does not work anymore. But what it allowed Nintendo to do is that it really allowed them to curate what games were available and what, because back then, you know, it's, it's not like today when you put out a game and it's broken to hell, you're like, oh, we'll fix it in post. There was no post. It yeah. had to work day one. Yeah. Well, or not. Yeah, or not. Yeah. In many so, cases, it did not. But yeah, so yeah, so but, the Nintendo seal was created. Um, plus, there's also something that they did, which is they made it so that you couldn't make unlicensed software mm. uh, to run on the console, which is something that both Nintendo and the Atari 7800 had made. Yeah. Um, in, but this was also just like to enforce the licensing standards. Yeah. In, didn't they also. Um, make it so like they all they also made the cartridges so you couldn't print on a cartridge because they gave it to you <laughs> like yeah they, there's they, like they fueled it like front to back because they patented the technology for cartridges so like or for those cartridges so they like, basically saw what destroyed the old world and it's like okay hold on we, we could we could deal with these things <laughs> yeah this also yeah. caused the legendary problem the, the legendary things of like konami making like a thousand subsidiaries to make more games <laughs> because yeah, they had yeah. more ideas <laughs> yeah they had to get around the nintendo seal of quality so like we had just a whole bunch of companies replicating themselves so they could allowed to make more games and right like honestly it's smart and you know in today's world it just sounds like a weird thing to be like we're only letting you make three games right like it's it's arguably they should do that oh man hey man there was companies that there was companies that did try and get around this like tengen like they would make games and they would just print it on their own uh style of cartridge and like nintendo like sued them to hell but You don't want to mess with a Nintendo lawyer. No, God, no. Even, even back then, like even even though they were fresh out the gate when it comes to video games and video game accessories, which I mean, if you're talking about the NES, you got to talk about the accessories as well. Um, yeah. But they were, you know, Nintendo was no spring chicken, man. They've been around for quite a, for decades at that point in time. So, um, yeah, like the biggest thing is that happened was their biggest success was Donkey Kong, obviously. Right. Yeah. But um so before they even had donkey kong they had a arcade game called radar scope mm-hmm. uh, and radar scope was actually like a colossal failure so they actually took the technology that they had done with radar scope and they then made donkey kong which actually like crushed like markets everywhere especially in the arcades and uh the other issues they found is that no um home console could properly port donkey kong correctly and like it just it did not have that same like fluidity or just quality because um the the donkey kong was ported to the atari 2600 and the coleco vision oh yeah dude coleco and jesus yeah and uh <laughs> coleco coleco vision actually like worked with nintendo to like get them set up um but like still like it was not up to up to snuff so that's when kind of you know nintendo did the thanos like fine i'll do it myself kind of thing here yeah um so what they did is they actually there was a console that was created before the nes and that was called the advanced video system home computer which they displayed out on uh, uh i can't remember what it was called but it was like it was like a kind of like what we have with e3 but it was just exclusive for like japan mm. and um TGS? what it was is sorry was it tgs um tokyo game show to look 
I don't think I don't think they had I don't think they had Tokyo Game Show back in like 1984. You know, I think it's a little bit more recent. But yeah, Um, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're good. So they ended up uh, they ended up putting out this this uh, AVS is what it's short named for. Um, It's basically marketed as like a computer. So kind of like how uh, Atari had their own console version, uh, which was kind of like a, like a little computer. Um, they kind of did the same thing and it had peripherals, uh, including like a light gun. It had a infrared like mouse. It had an infrared gun. It had uh, cassettes and it had attached controllers uh, mm. to the unit itself. So yeah. they had put that out on the market kind of seeing like where they were feeling uh for the market because at this point their biggest competitors would have been the atari 2600 uh the magnavox odyssey and the epoch uh or epoch cassette vision it's it's crazy like if you go back through the history of gaming and and see what was there before nintendo stepped on the scene there was some wild shit man and and it Mm -hmm. wasn't even like not too long ago like before the nes where like the gaming systems that were out there that were plugged into your TV were dedicated game systems. Like you, you had pong. That's all this does. And, Mm -hmm. and you would spend hours on that thing. Um, I think, you know, thinking back to the NES now at, after like, you know, well, I mean my entire lifetime, because this thing's older than I am. Um, it's, it's wild just to see how far and how influential it's been, but also as like a Nintendo fan, like, some of the best games that Nintendo has produced stem from this machine. You know, like, sure, we got Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong is pivotal for Nintendo and their success. You know, and Nintendo wouldn't be who they are today without Donkey Kong in the arcades and moving on to the NES. And, like, for them mm-hmm. to be like, nobody else can get this game right. We're just going to make a system. Screw it. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I don't know if you guys want to talk about some of the games that are on this before we get into, like, the accessories and, like, the history of the NES and all that stuff. But, I mean, like, the the top 10 best-selling games on the NES of all time are games that are like, for the most part, they're still around today. And they're, yeah. they're still games that have an impact massively. I, I will say that like three out of the top five games are Mario, which I think just yeah. speaks volume for like Mario as, as just in general, right? We got Super Mario Brothers, the number one best-selling NES game of all time with over 40 million copies sold. That's ridiculous. And bundled, bundled with the system too. Yeah, like that's even by today's standard, that's insane, dude. Metroid Dread sold three million. Like yeah. it's it's ridiculous when you compare. Oh, hey man, it's 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 a really good Metroid. All they got to do is put out a gotcha Metroid game, and it'll do it'll make trillions. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, second place. This one surprised me a bit, but it's it's Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt, yeah, with man. Twenty eight million sales. There's a light gun, baby. Yeah, um, the light gun was, was also it was also packaged with Super Mario after, right? Yeah, they're, they're yeah it was also that was also a bundle. There so is there there is a cartridge that has both Super Mario and Duck Hunt on the same cartridge. It's also much. There's, yeah, there's also another cartridge that has Super Mario Bros. Duck Hunt and Track Meet on it, which I also have. That's like that that one that one's a lot more uh, uncommon to come across. Yeah, I only have the one that's yeah. both of them, not the, not the try. Yeah, I, I got mean, I got the I got the double, I got the single. <laughs> You you guys have played Duck Hunt, right? I'm assuming you played mm-hmm. Duck Hunt on like the NES with the Zapper and everything, right? Some of my childhood memories, man. I I feel like honestly, Duck Hunt is is one of the first experiences I have with gaming 
uh, for the rage. Like with, I, okay. Well, I mean, first of all, I was a child. I cheated. I, I went right up to the goddamn CRTV and I, I shot <laughs> those ducks, right? I, as everyone did, and I don't want to hear otherwise. Um, it's true. But I, I think like the NES owes a lot of its success. I mean, first of all, design perfect, right? There were a lot of of great minds who came together to design that thing from the ground up, Frankensteining other parts from various devices and putting it all together into the NES. Because originally, this this system was supposed to be released with a keyboard. Uh, yeah. and back then not everyone knows like it's not like today where like you put a keyboard in front of like a a, a, a newborn child stretched fresh from the womb and they could already up, update their instagram right like people didn't use keyboards back then they didn't know what was going on yeah they were kind um, of trying to mimic the uh the atari i think it was the amiga i think is what it was called well before this as well nintendo had the game and watch so yeah. they, they took the d-pad from the game and watch and just stuck it on the nes and 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 I mean, look at controllers now, right? Like that yeah. the D-pad has not gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but Duck Hunt was one of my first experiences with gaming. And you can't talk about the NES without talking about the accessories, right? Like the light gun. Yeah. Rob the Robot, dude. Like we, we haven't even gotten into Rob the Robot yet, but... Yeah, I'll touch on that. It was uh, the fact that they were able to make a dedicated gaming system for that time, but then also make it feel like an arcade. You know, you mm-hmm. have the light gun, you have all these little toys and gadgets that you could add on to it and mimic that arcade experience that people were you know, starting to move away from, but still kind of wanted if it didn't get destroyed by E.T. Um, <laughs> but and, and honestly, and, and this is probably the best game ever created, Super Mario Brothers 3, 18 million oh. sold. Like, I'm surprised on. it's I'm surprised it's only at 18 million units because like that is like the best mario game of all time oh i think, I agree. I think more people played that game on um all mario, uh, super mario all-stars maybe SNES. um but uh like they had a whole movie dedicated to this called yes, the wizard the wizard Great. and the power glove Talk that about was that was NES. basically like it's a, so bad a a two hour, like, it was an hour and a half movie for like everything coming out for the nintendo that year it was an advertisement, dude. It was it was it was it was an advertisement with a hell of a budget. Yeah. yeah for the time anyway, let's just be honest. I think the budget if you look now it's like 2 million whatever. It it's a hell of a budget for an hour and a half long advertisement for a video game company. And straight up, <laughs> I feel like since E3 is gone, can we can we just do this instead? Yeah. I I want a written and produced minimum 2 hour long commercial. <laughs> For the future of whatever Nintendo's putting out, they get called the <laughs> Wizard Two. I don't care. I don't care what it is, but this is how I want to consume my video game uh, information from now on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then we got we got. I I mean, like if you look at the top ten list for the NES, it's it's just nonstop bangers. Super Mario Bros. Duck Hunt, Super Mario Brothers Three, fucking Tetris, Tetris, yeah. dude. Um, Mario Brothers Two. Now I, this one's a little bit weird because you know there's a bit of an issue with mario brothers 2 depending on where you're playing it but that's besides the point uh the original legend of zelda dr mario zelda 2 which we will not talk about excite bike (laughs) and golf um i have every single one of these games on this oh i I would hope so yeah i mean i give you a pass if you don't have the legend of link but that's that's the one (laughs) where i think uh you know i think it's good to have just to learn from your mistakes you know they tried something different it didn't work basically Yeah. yeah uh I don't know, man. I, the NES, though, it's it, it it has a different feel to what we have now. 
you know, like I, I mm-hmm. really did. It, it laid the foundation for everything that came after it. And really, it's it's kind of sad to to know, like, if you look back at what broke the gaming uh, industry as a whole was just laziness. You know, the fact that developers were pushing out shovelware nonstop and they were just allowing anything to be put onto anywhere. It and, was laziness and greed. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it was. It was like, yeah, everyone likes playing video games. Okay, we'll just uh, we'll get Billy from like, Count what, to make a what game. constitutes what constitutes as a game. Does it go bleep bleep bloop bloop? Cool. Throw it on a cartridge, yep. make them pay seventy five dollars for it, and ship it out. Yeah, well, we're, we're doing that now, though. I think we need to bring back the seal approval. We really should. I don't need. I don't need, I don't need cookie clicker two point My fucking PSN. Yeah. See, it's it's weird too, right? Because if you look at like what destroyed video games back in the '80s, it's like what's happening right now in in many ways, right? It's just endless shovelware, horrible, you know, companies making bad games under the guise of like, ah, oh, it's it's okay, we it's a got the rights for it, yeah, you know. Um, but at this point, I think the only difference now is that the the video game industry is, I mean, you know, I think it's too big to fail at this point, right? Like. It's yeah. too big to they, fail, and people are dumb. You know, I think the difference is they're not charging seventy five dollars for them anymore. Yeah, now they're hiding everything behind uh, subscription services. Yeah, either, either it's, it's five dollars <laughs> on PSN for a platinum, or it's yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's a gotcha game. Yeah, 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 and and that's what it comes down to, right? Like, I don't know, man. It's uh... so so to bring it back. So the AVS when it was first released, they were kind of like. Mm. scared to call this a video game console because of the uh the video game industry crash right so what they tried to do is they tried to put this on the market as a home computer because what it like you said it came with a keyboard it came with the game pads it came with joy like a handheld joystick it came with a a musical keyboard that had three (laughs) octaves on it and it also had a gun like another light gun yeah, uh, and these were all infrared, which is like crazy to think. Like we had wireless technology like this. Granted, infrared kind of sucked back then. It got like, the job done for what you needed, you know. Like that's it, yeah, that's what I love about shit back then. It didn't look pretty, but my god, did it work? Yeah. So you got you know peripherals, you got a keyboard, you got a cassette deck, which would actually then later been used on the actual Famicom. Yeah, and controllers so most of the stuff didn't even make it over to the west yes a lot, yeah, a lot so of the stuff is locked like this is where i mean what we're talking about right now is probably not what the average person at least the average like western listener of this podcast thinks of when they think of the nes um this yeah. is like the proto nes the famicom of it all yeah so this is even like before the famicom was the avs and then yeah. they would take the pieces and parts that worked and then they would bundle it and make it the the famicom and then in 1985 uh in the summer uh, nintendo would return with a stripped down and reduced cost of the avs and then they had abandoned the whole like home computer approach and they're just like no like this is a video game console but still, they didn't want to like name it a video game console. So what they did is they went to their marketing manager mm. and uh, Gail Tilden chose the name Game Pack for what for cartridges. And for the console, it would be called a control deck and an entertainment system for the whole package. Yeah. So this would then 
brand the console as the Nintendo Entertainment System. And it would be at a lower reduced cost compared to the AVS with some upscale features that increase like the the sound quality for like any audio file. Uh, and then they had redesigned the box. So the fam the Famicom uh had a very like toy like uh visual appeal to it. It was white and red. So what we got in North America was this what they would call then a futuristic <laughs> sleek box that was reminiscent to the new technology known as the VCR. I was going to say VHS tapes. Yeah. <laughs> so what they did is they kind of mimicked it to look like a VHS player. So instead of it being a top loader like the Famicom, <laughs> it would actually be a front loader that you would push in and then drop yeah. down. The worst decision they ever made, by the way. It was it was not a good decision to do that, but like it was cool, right? Fun fact: you could play the NES without pushing the cartridge down. Yeah, I you get to, you get to the shove them in. Yeah, and um, they would actually nickname the the NES uh, North American as the lunchbox, uh, just because of like its shape and and two tone uh, stripes. See, like one of one of the the interesting things that I learned about this from from reading the notes that you put together, Chris, was the, mm-hmm. the name Nintendo Entertainment System. Like right now, it's such an iconic name, but like mm-hmm. the origins of it is just such bullshit business propaganda. Yep. Where it's like, oh, it's well, it's it's we're gonna call the complete package the Entertainment System, and we're proud to announce Nintendo's Entertainment System available for four ninety nine at Kroger's. It's like, dude, yeah. like, like there's no magic behind the naming convention right there's no passion it's just like okay it's an entertainment system made by nintendo yeah, all right and that was, it, it was it was all strategy because the, yeah, like, 100%. Like, said, like nobody had faith in the video game industry anymore especially because everything seemed to be crashing like nobody was buying ataris nobody was buying uh the odyssey no one burying was burying et's in the desert you know like they, yeah, they buried et in the desert <laughs> So Nintendo knew like they were going to have a hard time cracking into like the Western market. Yeah. So they actually came up with a strategy when they went to stores and like, Hey, we want you to stock our console. They're like, no, like video games are out. Nobody wants video games. They said, we'll make you a deal. If this console doesn't sell within nine months, you send it back and we will give your money back. Mm. So like there was an incentive, right? Because they're yeah. like, well, if it doesn't sell, I'm not left with like this shitty product on my on my shelf that I have to now get rid of. Then the other issue is that Nintendo said, well, we don't want to put this in the electronic section because we don't want to market this as a video game console, like I said. So what they would do is it they would actually market this with the peripherals known as Rob and the light gun so that they would be considered toys. Yeah. Honestly, like that's 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 the game changer right there. Now, the other the other part to this is that when the toy aisles were in the 1980s, 70s up to like I think it was like 2010, toys in general had two sh- sections, right? You had the girls aisle and you had the boys aisle. Oh yeah. Now, Nintendo had to make a decision of how they were going to do this. 
who was was going to be the section that they would put the toy aisle in was it going to be the girls or was it going to be the boys nintendo ultimately decided to go this is a boy's toy and that's when it got put into the boys section which came with like the whole misconception that video games were for boys only yeah i i i want to talk just quickly about rob right like rob the robot is you know one of the things that is solely responsible for Nintendo's success in the west he has two games yep you, you can play him with gyromite you can play him with stacked up that's it yep and then they kicked his robot ass to the curb and then brought him back for <laughs> smash brothers in 2006 and and that's it really like i i i mean you know i i as a fan of Amiibo, I'm just happy to know that Nintendo's disregard of products that they put out exists right at the beginning. So, you know, I, I got respect <laughs> for Rob. I played Gyromite. I've never played Stacked Up. I don't know. I, I don't know where to find this game. You know what's I, crazy, though? I hear is they're like, not even that good. They're not. The Rob. games are not good. Yeah. But the, the crazy part is that Rob sold, like, incredibly well. Oh, yeah. Do you... The, do you uh, I was just like, as a kid, did you know anyone that had a Rob? No, no, but that was before us. Me, I got a Rob two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Rob was like Gen X. Yeah, like I didn't know Rob existed uh, personally until I want to say like I was nineteen. Dude, it's it's the Avatar phenomena. Yeah. It's is the best movie in the world according to statistics. It's the most viewed movie in the world, and yet there does not exist a single person on this planet that has Avatar as their favorite movie of all time. Well, I, I have a lot to say if, about that if one. If you were to put if you were to put 10 people in a room, 8 of them would have seen Avatar, and yet none of them could tell you a single thing about that movie. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what happened with Rob. So, I have I have a lot to say about the Avatar thing, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, so they would they would uh, put Rob and the light gun as like a t um, they would market it as a toy, right? So it'd be yeah. uh, it would be marketed as an electronic toy instead of the video game console, which like incredibly helped so much for Nintendo. Mm. And they would release officially the NES in the U.S. October eighteenth, nineteen eighty five, and it would become an instant hit. Especially yeah. because of its launch title, Super Mario Bros. Yeah. You know what I find very interesting about that fact is that yeah. Nintendo essentially started off the trend of like the video game companies marketing. It, like the, all the marketing followed that group of people. Mm -hmm. It started then with like kids and toys aisles in 1985 and then all marketing for them aged with that group of people because in yeah. the 90s it was fucking weird extreme like <laughs> x games fucking ads in early 2000s yeah. and then because they over sexualized were, you know, yeah because they were 20 years old so they were like corny yeah. college kids right so like <laughs> that's what they wanted so and it just kind of aged with that group of people and until now they're adults with children's and now we're we're coming back around now we're, we're going full around. circle right start advertising yeah. to the kids again yeah, it's well, I mean, hey, it, it, Nintendo proved that there's okay. We've established the demographic. We've saved video games, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, we're we're doing this again." All right, start yeah, start selling mm -hmm. to the kids. I have a feeling that some of the, we're going to lose a lot of the magic of naming video game consoles, like we did with the NES, for a lot of the consoles. Like, 
when we go around through them, like the PlayStation, I'm sure there's nothing magical about that name. And I'm sure there's nothing magical <laughs> about the Xbox. So just prepare yourself to know that nothing was special and it was nothing all sacred. Everything yeah. died. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought we established that it was all corporate nonsense. And Yeah, it's going to be for everything, though. Like, I, th- no. I thought they named the Xbox after a special meteor that only passed the Earth every 4,000 years. It <laughs> yeah, turns right. out that it uses the X Extreme processor designed exclusively for Microsoft. Uh, and they that's put it in a box. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's where the name comes from. <laughs> uh, they went to the so, town Jimmy and marketing. They're like, hey, what's popular right now? I don't know. X Games? All right, Xbox. Sick. What generation yeah, is, are we marketing this towards? Generation Jax. X. What are they there like? Boxes, I guess. Oh, <laughs> All right. So visually, the Famicom and the NES had some major differences. Mm. Uh that also included the fact that the controllers on the Famicom were actually attached. Uh, unlike I didn't the, know that. yeah, they were yeah. wired. So they're the controllers on the Famicom are hardwired. Uh, another difference that they actually had that was not carried over was that there was a built-in microphone on the Famicom controllers, and that was actually a feature that we lost, uh, leading to like a, a bunch of weird uh, game features being cut out, or just straight up like misunderstood uh which is one in the legend of zelda i don't know if you guys ever played like the original one Mm. there is uh one enemy in the legend of zelda where it says noise uh scares it away so instinctively you would want to play like the flute in the game because like that makes noise right actually like it does nothing so the issue is that well into your goddamn controller (laughs) yeah that's what it is (laughs) if if you had the famicom when these creatures come up to you you would actually yell into your controller and they would scatter but we didn't get that feature in north america so like it was mis like translated I, i guess it's the most nintendo ass thing where like they created a gimmick in a controller and then immediately they forgot to future proof it and yeah. the, the mechanic just did not transition well into the next generation dude like they nintendo has been doing this shit since day one <laughs> like it's ridiculous man yeah so we would then start to see a year later the console wars begin again yeah so when the nes launched it didn't really have any competitors up until the year later and then the first real major competitor, and this one stuck around for a few years, was Sega. 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 So before we got the classic Sega, uh, we had the <laughs> Sega Master System. Yeah. So in 1986, someone tried to claim that this was a very vastly superior system. Yes. Uh, and Well, to be fair, Sega did do what Nintendo yeah, that's a good marketing strategy, right? So technically, you could say <laughs> that this was a better console because it had a higher processor, which allowed for it to have better graphics and a better sound to come through it. While it was like, you know, technically, it just didn't have the same game power that it did. And it would sell like fairly okay in both North America and Japan, but it only really saw like major success in the european markets yeah that's just that's xbox. yeah just like xbox there. and uh its second competitor if you even want to call it that was atari nintendo tried to like actually 
originally reach out to Atari and be like, um, do you want to got like invest in trying to like restarting the gaming industry? And they would like begrudgingly like reject this offer. And that would like actually be a mistake that would actually be like to the downfall of Atari, give or take. I feel like, that, you know, that's a very generous thing for Nintendo to do because, like, Atari is almost single-handedly responsible for almost destroying video games in general, right? Like, yeah, you know, not for nothing. I'm not trying to point fingers here, but they did destroy the industry. You get one more so, chance. Everybody gets one. <laughs> for, like, three solid years, it was because of them. <laughs> so, yeah, like, Nintendo actually had worked with Atari before. Like, they had put out Donkey Kong on the 2600. So they were like, hey want to work with us we will like put out like a system and and some games and like we will like start a new video game industry again and atari was like nah man like we're gonna do our own thing so what they would do is they would actually re-release the atari 7800 in 1986 which is kind of funny because they actually launched the 7800 during the video game industry crash They're like, you know what? Let's try this again. Hit the restart. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, okay, things are starting to come back up in the video game industry. Let's re-release this thing and try and save some of our costs that we just we lost out on, right? And it was all but fruitful because the juggernaut that was the NES could not be stopped. And the 7800 was quickly forgotten about. I, I don't think Atari ever got over that, you know. I feel like to this day. The CEO is in bed, wakes up in a cold sweat. It's like, oh man, Nintendo, <laughs> man, they're they're still out there just watching. I some I sometimes like to think that it's kind of like when Yahoo bought Tumblr mm, and yeah. bought it for like what yeah, like did. a couple billion and then had to sell it for a couple hundred thousand because they just Ooh. burned it and crashed it to the ground. It's the original NFT bros, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like, uh, what, makes, what makes Tumblr popular? The porn. I gear that. Yeah, yeah, better, better, better ban that. Um, so one interesting thing is both the Atari 7800 and both the NES were built with a chip that uh, the Nintendo's was called like the 10 NES chip uh, that was preventative of being uh, pirate software or unauthorized software being played on the console. So that was kind of neat that like both Nintendo and Atari thought of this like in the early days. Yeah, but there was workarounds. To be to be fair, Nintendo uh, Nintendo owes a lot of its success to just not trusting anyone ever <laughs> yeah, with anything. Right? Like, there's very specific people where they're like, "You're chill," but we're just gonna keep an eye on you just in case, right? And <laughs> and like you know, even today, Nintendo gets a lot of of you know a lot of hate on the internet for being like, "Oh, Nintendo needs to calm down." You know, just just put Mario on the Xbox, right? Like we see it all the time. <laughs> you have to understand that, like, the foundation of this company was built on not trusting a goddamn person, and it, they probably wouldn't be where they are today if they just let everyone in, right? They <laughs> Nintendo would be another Atari. Like there was there were. Like, we've made references to over 13 game systems in this retrospective before the NES, and they're all gone, dude. There's a reason why you don't know about the ColecoVision, you know? Yeah, like There's a reason why Nintendo is still exists with the, one of the best-selling consoles, and most of the franchises from that console are still their franchises. Yeah. yeah. You hear about this little indie game called Super Mario Brothers? Uh, it only <laughs> stole 40 million you know, it's just, it's, it was just a spinoff of Donkey Kong. It was really weird. Yeah, it's a, it's a spinoff of Donkey Kong, which a lot of people don't th- think about too much. Yeah. 
But I don't know. It's a wild time, man. So when the NES launched in North America, it was priced at a hundred and forty-nine ninety-nine. And that came Real complete case. with Super Mario Bros, yep. Duck Hunt, a light gun accessory for Duck Hunt, and an extra controller. Do we know what that would have cost with inflation? Do we have that? I do actually. I do have this. <laughs> so one hundred and fifty dollars, basically, right? In nineteen eighty-six. 1985, 1986, same thing. The same cost of that in today's money is $395.68. So it's the Switch. I guess it's still, yeah. But the difference is this came with two games, the Duck Hunt, the light gun accessory, and an extra controller. Dude, the, the fact that Nintendo is selling the Switch for the same, you know, adjusted for inflation <laughs> as the NES just really shows that they're not making any fucking money off of the Switch. Yeah, well, now, you know, but yeah. on, on a console per sale basis, they're not seeing a dime, dude. It's, I mean, you know, like, yeah, we're upset that, you know, prices of video game are going up. I mean, while Have that they? is true, you know, it's, they got consistency. It's gone up $10 yeah. in 10 years. I think we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> So the console will then later become obsolete with the mm. release of the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in the later or in the early 1990s. The price Super would then Nintendo. go down a little bit, but um, production for the Nintendo and the Super and like the Famicom like still ran until about 1995. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. Like they they did support it. Uh, long four years natural life cycle like it's it's ridiculous four what? years after the super uh super nintendo came out yeah wasn't I mean, it, it kirby was one of the last games made for right or is that snes kirby was one of the last games put out on the nes i think it was it was right yeah i think but so it, but I it also so. it also suffered because i think it came out the same time as the snes yeah so like yeah. a lot of people were like i could buy kirby or i could just get the new system right but uh yeah. god of war yeah. too PS3. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same thing. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure that the first Just Dance also released on the SNES. So, uh, <laughs> Is that really true? For a while. No, it's not true. Come on, oh, okay. come on. Yeah, that's not true. At all, I mean, come listen. On. Wait, look, what what? We just talked about the peripherals. I wouldn't We've be surprised. We've done 58 of these episodes. How are you still falling? For <laughs> You've this known shit? this man I for 10 years. I, I, I make the right. Just Dance joke every goddamn episode. You got that one thing right about fucking Jensen Ackles. Was the, yeah. No, what was the story? <laughs> <laughs> What's the GameStop name again? It's a fucking real man. <laughs> You're talking about Babbage's? Yeah, Babbage's. Yeah. No, I have to believe Babbage's. I really I don't think that the only thing I got right is the references to Babbage's. That's 100% the only thing you've ever said. That's I, true. I but no, I have more. to believe you. There's more. Yeah. Um, yes. Do you guys have any um, favorite memories of the NES? Oh, God. I, I mean, for me, it's... it's I, I never had one. The NES that I played... I mean, I got one eventually. The NES mm-hmm. that I played, it was it was a friend's NES. I would go over to his house after school, and it, dude, it was like a wild. It was like the Wild West back then. I'd 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 walk from the school. We'd go like through the back alley to like the video game store, and we'd check out. We'd buy like a pack of Crazy Bones or some shit, and we'd go oh, back yeah. to his <laughs> house. He'd have like the NES set up, and the first game that I played on it, or one of the first games that I played on it, was Super Mario Brothers the Third. Yeah. And like my sweet God, man, that game is just, it's just trans like 
today, to this very day, I could sit down and I could play Super Mario Brothers 3 and just have a great time. It's so good. Like, it's just, you know, it's weird to say, but like, they just don't make them like that anymore. The, the, Maybe it's because I was so young and maybe it's before like, you know, my, my mind fell into existential dread and cynicism. And yeah, but like, just like the colors were so vibrant, (laughs) no, like, like the enemies, this, the sprite work was just so on point. And like the power, the power ups were like so unique and so different. And they drastically changed how the, Mm. you know, how the little, the little uh, zero out of 10 on the diversity scale plumber boy would, would actually play and interact with the world. And like it, it made you have this sense of wonder where you're like, I want to see what the next world looks like right now. It's like you pop in a Mario game. It's like, all right, we're starting in the, in, in the, in the woods. And then we're going to go to the desert. Then we're going to go to the beach. But back then you're like, Holy shit, dude, we're in a volcano right now. This is wild. You know, dude, like I, I remember getting to the level where everything's big. Oh, dude, big world. Big world is so good. Big world is crazy. Yeah. Like the the, the first time you get there, like stuff like that, like these fresh experiences that they put into the game. Like the first time you get to big world, you're like, holy shit. Look at that Koopa. Yeah. Look at the size of that. (laughs) Look look at the size of that Goomba over there just walking around. I was like, damn, son. Hey, yo. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? You got any fond memories of the Nintendo Entertainment System Incorporated? <laughs> well, you know, like as I mentioned before, I you know two older brothers. Um, I live vicariously through them, so I kind of started right from the beginning. Even though we had SNES and NES in the house at the same time, like we started at NES, that was the rule. Like we just played NES over and over again. And also, I fought my father, who was a giant fucking nerd who broke his Game Boy playing Tetris in one toilet. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we just had all those kinds of like, you know, he was in IT, so he had all those kinds of technology. We, we had a, we used to have a Windows 98 computer. I played MS-DOS games. Galaga was on there. Like, so I had a lot of, I was very fortunate and, uh, and uh, privileged to, to get to, you know, play a lot of these different earlier generation games, um, yeah. regardless mm-hmm. of being born after they were like relevant. And, and so my childhood per, you know, consisted of playing duck hunt and super mario brothers and mylan secret castle and archon <laughs> and kid cool on nes yeah. and and when i say playing mylan secret castle and archon and kid cool it was more like turning it on being like this looks kind of cool and then being like what the fuck is this game i can't play this game this is yeah. way above my four-year-old mind um and then just playing duck hunt and cheating like patrick said um oh and dark man we used to play dark man um, and then, uh, and, uh, and Ninja Turtles, that game kicked my ass all the time. Ninja um, Turtles actually almost broke the top 10. That's close. It was that's actually, good. it was 11. And, and we kind of grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of older kids too, like a lot of like elder millennials, early Gen X. And so like when they got older and they would just give their stuff to us cause they would watch my brothers. And so we got a lot of like just older than us stuff too, that yeah. we never would have had. That's more relevant for the SNES. Um, and so we can talk about that then, but yeah, just, I, I have so many memories of just crushing punch out with my brothers. Like, I don't know how they, they would get, we'd get to Sandman and they get fucked up. Like we could never get past Sandman, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, which is for everyone, the Canadian version of Mike Tyson. Cause they couldn't pay for him to be, um, cause they want to pay for the rights to have Mike Tyson after he got arrested. So yeah. like they didn't made it Sandman. Um, that game was so much fun. 
Um, and I didn't really like Zelda, obviously. It's just a stick to my gimmick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done here. Hold on. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It was, it, was really, it was really fucking hard. And I had the, I had the gold cartridge. Um, yep. Zelda. And it always just looks so cool and different on the shelf. And let's you know not forget, like, the classic sleeves. Oh, God, yeah. The dust covers. Like, Ooh. the comic books. It made it feel so official when you had those like Nintendo branded plastics uh, covers on your NES uh, game cartridges for your, you know, like, oh, my God. Also, game shark. you know, the, the funny thing about the, the gold cartridge Zelda is that there is a standard cartridge. Nobody wants it. No, no. it's probably more rare. Like, it, like, just no, nobody cares about it. It's 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 more expensive. I was gonna say it's probably more rare because yeah. no one wanted it. <laughs> yeah, but nobody wants it. Nobody gives a shit about it. It's so good. I like, and even stuff like that, man. I feel like that's something that kids these days just don't understand. When you go to the store and you buy a game, a cartridge-based game, and it is a slightly different color than every other cartridge that you have on your shelf, you know that that game's gonna be something special. There's something mm-hmm. crazy about cracking open a cold, you know, Pokemon red, and you're like, "Holy shit! This pla- this plastic's red in here." Yeah, I'm, well, I think I'm gonna any- mainline this shit for the for the rest of my existence. I think N64 was the best for that with like, um, with Zelda, with Pokemon, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Donkey Kong and, and, and Pikachu, yeah. and uh, yeah, Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk, yellow, James reds, Bond, blues. no, uh, WWE, no mercy. There was a lot of them. Yeah, they were all over the place. Yeah, and it, it really does just go back to like Nintendo's, you know, uh, motivation of being a toy manufacturer above everything mm-hmm. else, right? It's like, yeah, we make video games, but they're toys, right? Look at those wacky colors. We we want the NES to be modern and sleek in America, so let's model it after a, a VHS player, because you know, yeah, I, I love that, man. It's I don't know, the NES is, it's it's. You know, in my opinion, it's probably one of the the best gaming systems that's ever been made. You know, yeah, graphically, sure, could be a little bit better. Well, that's not Power, fair. You know, it, it's hard to compare. Like, it's hard to compare the compare the NES to the PS5, right? Um, <laughs> loading times alone, like the NES, so quick, way faster. Yeah, <laughs> pop that bitch in and like it ran, dude. Like, I don't think people understand that, but dude, um, I could I could drop my NES from forty five feet plug that son of a bitch in and it would be like <laughs> it'd be like let's go i know i accidentally like trip on my ps5 and it's dead yeah. <laughs> i mean pasquale I, I know that you didn't have it in the s um a lot of these games though are still like relevant today do you yeah. have any do you have any memories that you made with the nes or do you have any games well, that, that that you know speak to you at, uh, my cousin, like I would go with him to his grandparents' house, and they would have an NES there. So I remember playing Super Mario Bros. over there, mm. and that was like a wild time, just because I think that was like the first experience I ever had with Mario Bros. And it was just like, I'm, I'm, I suck at this game, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's entertaining, and it's keeping me like. I don't know hooks the like you said, Pat. It could be the colors, or I don't know what it was, the pixel yeah. art, something. But yeah, it was just fun, a, a different type of game to play. Yeah. It was the cocaine that Nintendo puts in their fans. So when you turn it on, it uh, yeah, game to the end. It's the magical world, you know. It's a, I'm a little That's not dust. man. Oh, what happens when I hit this block? Oh, a mushroom. What does this do? Oh my god, I'm big now. Is that a turtle? Let's fuck it up, boys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like the first thirty seconds of Mario is just a fever trip. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Great Those game. guys that throw hammers at you. It's really weird. Anyway, so let's uh so now that we've done a retrospective of the NES, let's rank it amongst all of the retrospectives we've done so far. Uh I, I think I'm gonna have to place it first for now. Yeah. Yep. That's and, pretty uh, good. Universal first place. Look at that. And Nintendo, hey. congratulations. We'll uh all right. Well, I think we're no. done with the retrospective. My question is mm. Are we going to rank these amongst Nintendo consoles and then, like, those are ranked and then we're going to rank them against other consoles? See, that was like, my initial thought, but I figured, nah, screw it. Let's just do all of them. All of them <laughs> against each other? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I will not be giving up the NES first spot, by the way, until we get to no. GameCube. Mm. Fair. Yeah. That's, that's oh, man. Or, or, the, like or the Nintendo 64. 15. Or the N64. SNES. It's not anything that comes after, pretty much. Not the Wii or the Wii U, though. No. <laughs> we use last. All right. We've uh this is this is a long episode, boys. Let's let's wrap up the show. How about that? Let's uh let's do it. Yeah. In in the spirit of tradition, let's move on to our academic debate. Hey, so Boomstinger, by the way, I don't know, just put it in here. Okay, good. Hey. This is versus. If you're new to the episode, if you're new to the show, I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, if you're new to the show, we like to end this uh, podcast with a little game we call Versus, in which two of us are randomly selected. We are assigned random video game characters and given a situation for those characters to participate in. The goal? Domination through academic debate. That's right. Myself and Pasquale, we will be competing in this game of Versus. Our characters have been selected. The stage has been set. And now, live and in person to reveal our characters. <laughs> it's Chris. Chris, take time, it away. Bitch. All right. So from our predetermined selection, mm. Pasquale. Yes. Your character will be Dante from Devil May Cry. Okay. You know who that is? No, I know who that is. Oh, okay. Haven't had, haven't had much experience with it, but. Patrick. I know. Yeah. Your character, the Nintendogs. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I can make this work. <laughs> Your situation. Who would be most likely to get alcohol poisoning? Oh, Ooh. no problem. Simple. <laughs> Go ahead. Most likely? Most likely to get okay. alcohol poisoning. That's key. That's key. Yeah. Most likely to get. By the way, I'm really, I'm really happy that we established the alcohol abuse early. So this podcast (laughs) is already rated for adults only. Very appropriate. I'm about to talk about dogs dying. (laughs) It's going to be graphic, but I'm going to win. All right, Pasquale, you have your character. Your first point starts now. Okay, Dante must be the biggest alcoholic that you have ever seen in your life for all the shit that he has seen and gone through there's no way he is not a huge alcoholic and you're telling me out of all the alcohol he's probably drank in his life there's not been a a smidgen of alcohol poisoning in there he's definitely vomited even on himself or other enemies at some point like from all that he's been through time Playing up the trauma. Playing up the trauma. Cool. Patrick. Yeah. You have your characters. Your time begins now. Gentlemen, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you interacted with your Nintendogs? That's right. At least 18 years. I'm going to just 
paint a situation here. You're a Nintendo. You're alone. Your only source of companionship hasn't talked to you in a decade. What do you do? You go under the sink. You find a little bottle. You chug that bitch down. It's the only thing you've you've had in your system in a decade. What do you think is going to happen to a small, malnourished, dirty, flea-ridden dog that just consumed 14 kilograms of vodka? Death. Time. 14 <laughs> kilograms? Holy fuck. <laughs> 20 pounds of vodka? I think Holy that kills anybody. <laughs> Jesus. Nice. Okay. All right. How are we All feeling right. about this uh, so far? <laughs> we're, uh, we're feeling factual. Factual, okay. Well, <laughs> obvi- obviously... Just putting it out there, the dogs are obviously easier to have alcohol poisoning. They're dogs. Yeah. So that's, you know. But that doesn't mean most likely. So let's see what happens. We'll see what happens. Pasquale, your rebuttal begins now. Explain to me where Nintendogs are going to get alcohol in the first place. Um... I don't think anybody who's been with their dogs has been like, hey, let me give them some beer or wine or whatever, and let, let's let's see what happens, especially in Nintendogs. They're kind of like, here's a treat. Here's some water. I'm, I'm a good like owner. I'm not going to kill you because that's the point of the game. Dante, on the other hand, who gives a fuck? He'll kill himself pretty nice. much. Okay. All right. All right. Patrick, yeah, your rebuttal mm. starts now. I I feel like you're misunderstanding. You know, a lot of things that a lot of people who suffer from alcohol addiction, uh, what they go through. If they want to drink, they're getting that shit. Okay, and there's nothing you could do to stop them. If you re- recall the walking mini game in Nintendo Dogs, those dogs walk you. You have no control or say over where those sons of bitches are going. Okay, if they want to go down to the corner store and load up on like a fourth of vodka, they're gonna do that, man. And they can do that. Why? Because Nintendogs don't care. They've been alone since 2008, and they thirsty. Time. They thirsty. We hungry. Hungry, <laughs> boys. I thought I thought we established that they're getting their alcohol from under the sink. I mean, <laughs> to, be honest, yeah, honestly, to be fair, Pasquale, you do need to listen to the lore a little bit here. Oh, I, I don't know lore. In fairness, we're, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how are we feeling, Stefano? I, I honestly, I feel like I feel like there's a winner here, and I, and I think it might have come down to my own, my own feelings. So let's just see what happens. Ooh, I, I want to be convinced. Personal. Okay, Pasquale, your final statement. To top it off, Dante has been through the seven hells, and there's you have to have a drink going through there. And I guarantee one of those drinks has given him alcohol poisoning. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, Steph shook his head, kind of threw me off. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I, don't know. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. I'm your opponent. <laughs> you shook my head. I got, I got distracted. Which, which Dante right. is this again? Sorry. Devil May Cry? Just Devil May Cry. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Patrick, your rebuttal. Now. Gentlemen of the jury, if Dante has not died of alcohol poisoning by now, after everything he's been through, he's not going to. 
What is more likely to die of alcohol poisoning? A well-built man, physically fit, who enjoys an alcoholic beverage every once in a while, or a dying Dalmatian? I move to you that the dying dogs are more likely to die of alcohol poisoning than a fit, capable, Caucasian, presumably straight, man. <laughs> I believe he's Asian. But... Time. Is he? Dante? I've never played Devil May Cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it says here he's he's the the son of a demon Sparta and the human Eva. Mm, there you go. Yeah. Cool. Not so by the way, Pasquale, I shook my head because you were referencing Dante's Inferno with the seven layers of hell. No, Dante's but I think it also it. it also uh, look, look this man bringing up Dante's Allegories Inferno instead <laughs> of like Devil May Cry Dante. Come on, this so there's a game called take. Dante's Inferno. In fairness, I thought he was confused. That is fair. No. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw you off. Sorry, but yeah, it's okay. I just saw that shake and it was like. I mean, what we're, talk, what we're talking about, Dante's Inferno is a bussin' game. It's a really good game. It it's a really, really good game. Highly recommend. Slash. Yeah, it's a great. That's yeah, it's okay. So it's Dante. So it's right. Not many games that you get to go around slashing uh, unbaptized babies. Yeah, and not many games really feature a like, very prominent penis tower. Uh, what was I say? Isn't that giant? What? Dick yeah. Tower, isn't there? Like yeah, a monster there's a giant like a Dick boots. Tower, and then inside is Cleopatra with uh, a demons that crawl out of her exposed titties. That's right. Yeah, that's it. It's <laughs> a, a wild game, game dude. That's a weird game. <laughs> you just described an acid trip or something. I, I just yeah. sold everyone on that game is what I did. <laughs> that's this is definitely rated mature. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, so my, so my, my voting here. So I, well, <laughs> I have a hard time. I, there's just some logic leaps that I have a hard time taking with dogs getting alcohol poisoning. Like how they open, the, how they open the cupboard, how they get the bottle open. They don't have a closable hose. They smash the bottle and it gets soaked into the ground. I just have a lot of questions about how they drank a 14 pound bottle of vodka. <laughs> so, so just you know, and I think that's really it's really holding me up. <laughs> Patrick missed some really easy layups, like the fact that he's that Dante's born of an angel and a demon, so he probably can't get alcohol poisoning because he probably can't die. So <laughs> it doesn't really, it kind of makes it hard for him to get alcohol poisoning, but he didn't say it, so that's not my problem. <laughs> um to be fair, nobody said die of alcohol poisoning. Just said get alcohol poisoning. I was gonna say a lot, a lot of a lot of Patrick's arguments were the fact that a dog it's way more likely to get alcohol poisoning because it's small in a dog. But <laughs> who's true. more likely by drinking? Definitely Dante. And, by, and for that reason alone, I have to give it to Pasquale. Wow. All right. Well, Pasquale, through no fault of your own, you won. Hey! That was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Apparently, I threw him off the last one there. A little bit. <laughs> gave him a little bit of a head shake, and immediately he's like, I'm, I'm out. Uh, oh, so I was Pasquale, like, I lost. <laughs> Pasquale, you are this week's master debater. Congratulations on claiming your crown. That means uh, next you week be... you will be the judge. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Be and gracious. hey, I think that's, that's it. We're done. That's it. That's all we got. Hey, if you like this episode, let's get gaming podcast. Leave us a review on Apple iTunes or any platform that allows reviews. You can catch this show pretty much anywhere. The video game podcast can be listened to. Thank you to everybody who's willing to host this fucking dumpster fire of a nightmare goddamn show that we started 58 weeks ago, including but not limited to Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, and Anchor FM. I've been your host, Patrick Zenni. He joined with me this week, Stefano Fontana. 
Keep your stick on the ice, boys. Pasquale Galuzzo. I only finished one beer. You suck. Yeah, Everybody, welcome to the <laughs> Gaming Podcast. We're starting the show over and Montpetit. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets, especially your Nintendogs. No, Jesus. All right. Wow. Well, from all of us here at the Zero Out of Ten Diversity Podcast, <laughs> see you next week. See you, boys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. get diversity points because we're not we're not physically fit entirely Whoa. at least I'm not at least I'm not <laughs> oh my god how oh do you know that god. two of us work out very regularly I'm probably the most in shape here I'm never gonna eat again I'm saying in comparison to general video game characters who are ripped I'm, I'm more in shape than Roadhog. I'm hearing a lot of fat shaming. When, when, I'm hearing when, a no, lot of... I didn't say anything's wrong with it. I just said in comparison. <laughs> not that there's not anything, that there's anything wrong, wrong with that. With that. <laughs> what the fuck? That sentence wasn't even English, dude.